Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Ryan Snyder on 3.com, Blue White Illustrated. Welcome back, my friend. Great to have you with us. You mentioned Dave Sims. He's like the most underrated play-by-play guy, He's I think. so good. And he's, and so he's good. such a good and such a good guy. I mean, I've known Dave for 30 years. I mean, I it, it maybe 35. Yeah. I was just watching him on MLB Network a little bit ago. They were doing his play-by-play call, the home run they had, get the playoff the other night. and uh, Yeah, it just, I, I think he's so underrated. He is really underrated, you know. Uh, so uh, it wasn't obviously the best of days, but what kind of uh, turnout did they have on the recruiting side uh, over the weekend? Well, considering it was a monsoon, I don't know. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, it was about uh, about 20 or so, we'll say, true Division One prospects. You know, guys that probably not all of them are going to end up at a school like Penn State, but, you know, guys that will play at a, anywhere sure. between a Temple to a Rutgers to a Maryland. You know, so that's that's not too bad of a showing. Uh, out of the guys that are true Penn State level, uh, I would say there is about, not including the committed players, you'd say about seven, eight, nine, something sure. like that. And the original list was expected to be around a dozen, you know, a couple, couple top guys uh, decided not to drive in that rain. And it's hard to say uh, I could blame them, especially they, they're coming from like South Jersey and Maryland, D.C., you know, where it was just a downpour the whole way to get there. So, you know, considering the weather and all that, it wasn't too, too bad. You know, Penn State had Jameel Lyons and Joey Schlafler and Javen Williams all back. Of course, they're committed guys. A few notables, too. Nair Daniels is a really good-looking 2024 offensive lineman, 6'7", 250, or 350, excuse me. Uh, just, you know, they're, they're trying to clearly get bigger on the offensive front. And, you know, having Nair was up as big as another offensive lineman, Juan Manaya too. Another really good looking player. I think he's like six five ish, three twenty, a little little bit smaller, but you know, two two true offensive tackle prospects. And and that's clearly gonna be a focus. You know, they they'd love to get another one for twenty twenty three and that'll clearly be a focus for twenty twenty four as well. So some 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 top guys and uh, you know, they'll 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 all focus now to Minnesota, really. That's that's going to be the big one. Right, yeah, obviously, with, the, with once they get to that game. Uh, what about a 20-23 20, uh, running back? Because we all know what the situation They love the one that has, has verbal to them, but mm-hmm. we all know that he's been banged up. So is there an idea of getting another one there? They're certainly looking. Um, you know, I'll be curious to see how it kind of plays out. Um, right now, I... I would say Chris Johnson is, is a player to keep an eye on um, out of, out of uh, I think it's Dillard in, in Florida. Uh, I think he's going to have interest in coming up for a visit, but I would probably have to lean towards Miami at the moment as far as uh, you know, the, the school who, who should be considered the favorite. We have him at 5'11", 178. He's a four-star prospect, right, right around the top 300 or so. There's, there's real interest with Cider, and, of course, they got to get him on campus, though. I mean, that's how it is. Right. Really, with all these Florida guys, man, you got to get them up. And, and for the most part, it's it's hard for them to visit if it's not a, an official visit either. So, if they if they can set that for for maybe Minnesota or Ohio State, you know, you, you'll you'll never rule anything out. Uh, but really, I mean, Chris is the only one who's really we know Penn State has interest in, and then obviously we know he has interest as well. But uh, you know, what do we got? Three more months here until until anyone can yeah. sign. So we'll, we'll see if anything shakes out. But obviously, with Devin Ford. 
uh, no longer in part of the program. And then you have Nick Singleton and you have the young guys emerging. I mean, not saying Kevon's going to leave, but you just, you never know within the transfer portal era. Uh, it, it certainly makes sense to, to try and add another running back if you can. All right. So that, um, when you look at where they are with 23 right now, how many more openings do they potentially have before, was it December 15th, I think is going to be mm-hmm. the early signing day? Mm-hmm. So I, I think three is they can safely do, right? You can get to 23 and it doesn't cause too many headaches. But in the world of recruiting, uh, you know, what, what's a signing day without a headache or two, right? So sure. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to push 23 too much because – as we see every year, once once you get those coaching changes, you get a few top players starting to to think things over again. And, and you know, Penn State gets an opportunity to add a twenty fourth uh, and say it's at a maybe not a key position, but the player's too good sure. to pass up. Right. It, you got to add them. I mean, we see we see Penn State do this uh, pretty regularly throughout the year. So I think twenty three is the safe number. I think 24 is possible. I think 25 would be starting to stretch it a bit. But, of course, in the transfer portal era, you, you never know who's all going to leave. And, and if, if they had a, a, a large number of, of guys leaving, you know, at the end of November, early December, uh, it, that, that kind of changes everything. But then, of course, you gotta you got to get guys in on the portal, too. So it, it's hard to, hard to do the math, as, as you know, Steve. But yeah. I think 23, 24 is, is the most realistic number at the moment. Okay. Um, so... When you look at James Franklin, uh, what on Friday, for example, we know he choppered out of here. He also went to games. Track him. Where, you know, how did he, how did he spend his Friday? How did he spend his Friday? He spent his Friday bouncing all over PA, uh, a couple spots down in Malvern. Uh, there's a there's a really good player committed, Peter Jones. He's committed to Notre Dame. He you know he got to stop at Malvern. You know they're going to stay on Peter no matter what. So that was an important stop. I also saw Joey Schlafler uh, in, in, in Exeter. So bouncing around a couple schools uh, from that Lancaster down towards Philly area. Uh, I think there was maybe one or stop. I'm not thinking off the top of my head. Uh, and then uh, and then he also went up to Erie then to see Cooper Cousins, who's you know, a really important 2024 player who's already, of course, committed to them. So uh, James has been out on the road, I think, every Friday now. I believe he's mm-hmm. – I think he's done – he saw Johnny Shakir in uh, New Jersey. He saw Quentin Martin out in Pittsburgh. Um, he was when they were down in Alabama. They checked up on Dakari Nelson, who's of course is committed to them. There's one other one. I'm, I think I'm missing off the top of my head. But but they've 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 been out on the road every week. And of course, with the bye week coming up, uh, this is when the entire staff will hit the road. So I'm still working to put together that list. I'm hoping to have it up here in the next day or two. And uh, you know we'll we'll have everybody covered over at BWI. But yeah. uh, I would expect Wednesday to Saturday for pretty much the entire staff to be out on the road. Some will come back Saturday, but. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say the entire staff Wednesday to Saturday. It, the, the entire staff will be more Friday, maybe early Thursday. Right. But you'll have some here Wednesday and some here Saturday, you know, for practices and things like that. Uh, how does it, how does it look right now in terms of starting to build? Obviously, twenty four at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they don't have a lot of commitments, but man, they have a ton of guys who I would say they sit top three with. And now, it's, of course, it's really early. I don't want to say top three and you know uh, I don't want to overthink it I guess it's so long to go but there's a lot of guys that have a ton of interest a lot of top players too and I just mentioned Quinton Martin he's I've had people say that he's the best prospect to come out of Pennsylvania since Micah Parsons so obviously that's a big name there and 
Um, you know, he, he's, he's a guy that I totally expect Penn State to be in, in the mix with as well. Uh, I think the region, one thing I would say is the region is setting up to be one of the best in, in recent, recent years. I think I did the math not that long ago. It was we're setting up for about 40 or so four-star prospects throughout the Mid-Atlantic region. It, of course, those numbers will change. It might dip into the high 30s. But and it just compared throughout Franklin's tenure here, I believe well, there's only one other year. I think it was around 2018 or so, um, you know, which, is, which is, of course, was last, Penn State's last mass, massive class until last year. Uh, that that uh, you know we saw those kind of numbers as far as that depth of four star talent. So there's a lot of guys to pick and choose from. I would say that there's two guys right now: Dominic Nichols, the defensive end from Maryland, and an offensive lineman, Kevin Haywood, uh, out of Archbishop Wood and outside of Philadelphia. Uh, those two guys, I feel like they're firmly leaning towards Penn State. I feel pretty confident in saying that uh, at minimum, Penn State's going to be one of two schools they choose between. Let's. But I think they should both end up here, though, and maybe it could be um, you know, before the end of the year closes out. So I look at next year's class as, as their next opportunity to have a really massive class because we're seeing five-star players and we're seeing high-end four-stars. And if you want to have a top-ten class, which we saw last year with Penn State, you got to get a couple five-stars in there or it's just kind of hard to crack when you know, um, you know you have all those other powerhouse schools getting a couple. So the, the talent is there for 2024. Um, like I said, Quinton's going to be a five-star. It's going to be a couple others, and then you know a bunch of top 100, top 150 guys. Um, but let's, let's see how it shakes out here as well. And, of course, you know, the other thing I'll, too, I'll mention is like fans are always trying to put together the board, right? What's, who's the top tight end? Who's the top running backs? Who's the top whatever? We'll know so much more in two and a half months from now yes. once all that film comes through, once James and his staff are able to evaluate. You know, I always tell people, you know, beginning of January, once we get past this early signing period and get past the bowl game, you know, that's when we can really sit down and figure out who their top 2024 guys are. There's a lot of offers that are out there, but some of those guys are going to fall off and then other offers are going to go out. So uh, give us about two months or so and we'll really be able to lock down who those top guys are at this top position. Ryan, Penn State's been out. This will be the last question because I know you have to run. Uh, but we Penn State's been investing more in you know the locker room, uh, the weight mm-hmm. room, things like that, and they've been very public about doing that and the money that's been put into it. Student athletes have a wide variety of reasons why they select someplace, and sometimes it's good enough to be just even with somebody else. Is that making a difference for them in recruiting what they're investing in? It, it, you know, I'm hearing guys talk about it more and more. Yeah, okay. we're hearing NIL more and more too, which is great yes. for Penn State because you know that was. That was an issue. James was James was open about it uh, just just a handful of months ago, and and things are really starting to head in a positive direction. And you know, Dan Dan Cabal and Andy Frank have made great inroads there. So <laughs> I was just going to give those guys a shout out too, man. They've done a great job, and of course, all the people you know starting collectives and whatnot. I mean, that just these guys deserve a lot of credit because this was a situation where eight months ago. I'm not saying people were pushing the panic button, but they were certainly making it clear that there, that there were some concerns. So I think, I think obviously facilities and all that stuff are incredibly important. Penn State obviously just did a great job with the last building. They're going to continue doing it too. I mean, James has made it clear yep. they're never going to be done. And, uh, you know, if you look at the Texas A&M facility, the, the Texas Tech facility, I mean, anyone who's seen Georgia's knows uh, there's, there's, there's a lot to catch up to in this world. Uh, I, I feel like that's in a good spot. That, that's going to be there. It's, it's still NIL because even no matter – I mean, I can throw numbers out there. I, I don't know any numbers that are accurate, but just, just we'll say a couple million, right? 
well, that's never going to be good enough. You're going to need a couple million more and a yes. couple million more after that. It's just, it's just the world we're in now. So uh, I, think, I think the most important thing is that all those things are in motion. They, the recruits are, are seeing that. And, and, you know, for the first time in a long time, it's not just about family atmosphere and academics, which obviously, yes, it's incredibly important. I don't want to overlook that right. stuff. It's all but part that, of that it. Was, that was always the message, though, yes. right? It was always just like they recruit me harder than everyone else. They have a family. They have great academics. And, and you need to sell those three things. But guess what? If you want to get those five-star guys, you got to sell a whole lot more than that, too. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what we're seeing more and more now. Um, you know, this, this class now, 2023, 2024, and probably a little bit into 2025 are going to be massively important for NIL. You know, I, I'm kind of a person that thinks that hopefully by 2025, 2026, we get this um, more of an even playing field or yes. you know, things get sorted out where yes. it's not just the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. But I still think we have another class or two. Uh, where that's just going to be the reality, and, and you got to do everything you can to keep up with everyone else. Great perspective, as always. Ryan, thank awesome. you so much. Appreciate you so much, and thanks so much for the time. Of course. Whiteout Week will uh, catch up with me then. We'll, that, we'll, that, we've got a lot to discuss here. In a couple yes, of weeks. we All do. Right. Thank you so much. Take Later. care, Steve.